Hello, and welcome back to Did You See? It is a podcast for each week, two friends. Myself, Dan, one of those friends, and himself. My name is Max. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Didn't have that on my bingo card for the day. Get together and ask and answer each other the question the friends have been asking and answering since the dawn of stuff to talk about. Hey, did you see? Uh, Max going to lead us right in and say, did you see that two days ago, as of recording, movie theaters in California were allowed to be open again? No, I did not see that. Yes. On Friday, movie theaters were allowed to open up again. However, like with most businesses that are opening back up in this, I was about to say post-COVID, but we all know that's not true. This extant COVID world, uh, there are some particularities to opening back okay. up. Uh, specifically, they have to meet a set of criteria that the state of California set out specifically for family entertainment centers. Uh, they have to get approved by a county health officer, and uh, that takes into ac- that approval takes into account factors such as the number of cases relative to population in that county, testing sites available, and contract tracing protocols. Interesting. They also have to reduce their capacity to twenty five percent or a maximum of one hundred people. Okay. Uh, which is, I think, going to be interesting for lots of parts of California. Yes. Um, masks must be used by customers as well as staff, and uh, social distance between parties is still going to be expected. Right. To the greatest extent possible. Yep. Um, they're also being asked, and this is not a requirement, to uh, limit their reservation systems to only allow a certain number of tickets to be sold in a certain period of time. Sure. Uh, Which is interesting. And then have specific enter and exit routes mapped out to prevent the risk of running into other people. Because you know that thing when, like, you're leaving a crowded movie and there's another one, like, people are lining up to come in. And you're just, like, walking through a sea of people. Absolutely. Yeah. And most theaters have have two entrances. So you could just designate an entry and an exit set of Mm -hmm. doors. Yeah. Um... The guidelines actually uh, recommended that they either reconfigure or remove seats um, by or potentially just blocking off an entire row or working in like the checkerboard style of like two seats open, two seats on, two seats open, two seats on alternating. Right. All of that is. Is going to be a lot. They're also being asked to consider washable or disposable seat covers replaced after every showing. Uh, that's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot. It is. It's. It, I mean, I know we talked about this off the podcast a lot, but it, it, the question becomes, how much are you willing to risk for entertainment? Yeah. And it's it's going to be interesting to see what people decide to do with this. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, because it's. Uh, it's a lot. Uh-huh. It's scary. It's scary, especially uh... for movies. I can just watch it at home, you know? Like, it's just, it scares me that it's like, and I hate that, because you know I like going to the theater, especially for certain movies. There have been, like, I, I've demanded we all go, because like, we have to go see this in the theater. Uh-huh. But I just, I can't think of the movie that would give me, like, even right now, like, if it's like if Ghostbusters was still coming out in July, I probably wouldn't go to the theater to see it. Like, if theaters are open at this point, I'm not even sure I would go see Bill and Ted in August. Right. And, like, I've wanted to see that movie since it was announced in the theater. 
because that just feels like the kind of thing where it's like you go, you get some popcorn and a soda, and you just like you sit, be a kickback, and reminisce to thirty years ago. Yeah, 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 exactly. You just you're a little excellent to each other for ninety minutes. Yeah, did you see? Did you watch the trailer for that? I have not yet. Ah, uh, it's hilarious. I've heard good things. Baldface Keanu uh, looks weird. Yeah. <laughs> he has been in John Wick mode for so long. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think this is uh, this is going to be interesting, especially because, um, according to Hollywood Reporter, the capacity limit uh, may be eased up after two weeks if basically if you know the cases don't explode and people seem to be behaving. Right. Which I'm not entirely comfortable with. It's a little scary of a a thing, but I it's mean, if I like, owned a business, uh, I'd want I'd want butts in the seats. I look, so, I, and, I, and I get that. I get the difference, but at the same time, like you gotta weigh that. This it's weighing a certainty against the doubt, right? It's just like eventually you will be able to open back up. That's guaranteed. This is not going to last forever. But every extra week you wait is that much more likely that you're not going to have to shut down again. Right. And that's the thing where it's just like everybody, I think, needs to be working on their long-term gambles here, not their short terms. I totally agree, and I think people have been cooped up, and I think people have been suffering financially for enough time that people are making hasty decisions, and it's it's a little worrisome, to say the least. It's absolutely miserable. I mean, I, I tell you, the traffic through Woodstown the last couple of days has been uh, no joke. Yeah, because, that is alarming. And it's all out-of-state plates. It's all yeah, the Maryland's that... and Delaware's and East Southeastern PA's. And it's just like, please do not go down the shore, all of you. Yeah, that's Dan's referring to the New Jersey beaches, for those yeah, of you out there sorry. who aren't local. Yeah, for those of you who aren't local, it's a big problem around here normally. And it's a worse problem now because everybody's got fucking cabin fever. Uh-huh. <laughs> Look, I get it. All I want to do is go hang out with my friends. Fuck, believe me, I'm with you. But it ain't worth my life, the life of my, as of time of recording, unborn child, or potentially the lives of any family members or friends who might be at risk. It's not worth right. it. No. no. I'm a degenerate gambler, but not fucking not when human lives are at stake. No, and I can tell you I finally went out to a, a large chain store, and people are stupid. Holy Christ, dude, I was at the Acme earlier tonight, uh, picking up a couple of things for dinner. Because we've sort of started going out a little bit more often for stuff like that. And I saw an older gentleman. I mean, this dude had to have my dad by like 10 or 15 years. My dad is 70. So this dude's got to be in his 80s. And he's wearing a mask that is very, very, very too large. And was had fallen down to the point where I could see his mouth when he spoke. Mm. And it's just like, you've done exactly nothing except comply with the requirement the store has for you to enter it. Yep. Like, you've... you've uh, uh-huh. Let's move on from this, though. You, sure, <laughs> you, I'm sure, have something to talk about. I do, and it's not positive. Oh. But I'll talk about it with you. Sure. Dan, did you see that Fangoria has just gone up for sale because, shock, even in Austin, Texas, there are producers who are sexually assaulting women. Hey, gotta tell you, uh, everyone sucks. It's alarming, and it's really a shame because I was so on board for what Cinestate, uh, which if you're not familiar with Cinestate, that is uh, Dallas Sonier 
as well as a couple other partners who worked on a lot of the Craig Zoller stuff early on um, formed. And that was also the company that brought Fangoria back from the dead. So it was cool to see that this had happened. But unfortunately, one of the producers and one of the partners in Cinestate, uh, Adam Donahue, going to go with Donahue, um, was accused in 2017 of raping a 16-year-old girl. Hey, various, he can fuck right off. And various other sexual misconduct, um, even to the point where other people, actors and actresses who were female, um, were told, and this is a quote from the article I'm reading, this was all exposed by the Daily Beast. Um, the first time I was ever on set, I was warned about Adam Donahue. I was told that he was the Harvey Weinstein of Dallas. He needs to go into the sea. It's alarming. And because of that, rightly so, anybody who has partnered up with Fangoria, which if you're a horror fan, was a lot of really cool, talented people from McGarris to Joe Bob to uh, Adam Green and Joe Lynch's podcast, The Movie Crypt. There was a whole bunch of collaborators, and they were making really smart moves to do this and make this you know, kind of a whole thing. They had just brought back the Fango website, and they were doing a really good job of making sure that things didn't get cross-contaminated like it had towards the end of Fango, where you didn't need to buy the magazine anymore because they were just a week later putting up the stories from it on the on the website. Yes. So they were just doing everything right. When it came back, obviously the big shtick was, and I think I may have brought it up as my small story, they were giving the subscriptions um, for free to people who were subscribers when Fango went down initially, even though Cinestate had nothing to do with Fango at that point. They were still honoring those old outstanding subscriptions, which was really cool. And now everybody has uh, has left. Joe Bob had a great... Uh, a great quote here. It says, based on the revelations at Cinestate and their failure to come clean about everything to make it right, I guess I have to resign from Fangoria and the Rebeller, which is his new thing, or yeah. the Rebeller, however you want to say it. I think it's Rebeller. Sat, yeah. Sat on several levels, including the end of Fango's miracle comeback and the decline of a Texas-based film company. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a shame. Where does Birth Movie's death fall in all this? Um, That's a good question. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. But um, the reason I think that Cinestate at large is taking the hit for this is because um, Dallas Sonier and Amanda Presmick, they were um, reportedly, and again, this is all relatively new, um, but again, all this seems to be sourced, like not made up or not just kind of kind of expanding on something maybe they don't quite have all the information for it seems like the daily beast had had kind of its uh its facts checked but they apparently both just kind of ignored allegations of that previously ah lovely so just here he makes us money get in here (laughs) fuck i hate that sort of shit yeah it's it's really a shame and apparently um just cinestate in general was having trouble they say um the Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich, which I thought was pretty good, was apparently a really miserable and potentially dangerous set. They had people on 15 to 16 hours a day you because they were so undercrewed. Well, they're yeah, in the, in the light of all this COVID stuff, they're definitely going to have to. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt there. But it's just really a shame because 
Bone Tomahawk, Broad Cell Block 99, Stand Off at Sparrow Creek, Drag Across, Across Concrete, all really good movies. VFW? Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. I know that was connected as well. So. Yeah, Fango was going on to do a lot of putting money into indie filmmakers' hands, especially in the genre, and it's just really, really a shame. <laughs> um, here's something that Phil Nobile Jr. put up that actually relates to birth movies' death. Um, let's see. Um, we've come across, we've come and understand the respect that Fango and Birth Movies Death cannot continue under the Cinestate banner. It's our understanding that new buyers are being sought for both brands. That's wild because, like, I of all of this, the only thing I interact with other than Joe Bob because it's Joe Bob, uh, yeah. is Birth Movies Death. Like, only thing yes. I interact with on a regular basis, but like, uh, like, uh, postmortems coming off of there, Barbara Crampton's not going to write uh for anyone owned by Cinestate anymore. So like this Correct. whole this whole publishing wing of Cinestate appears to be falling apart all because they uh couldn't be asked to avoid a sexual predator. It's almost it's almost like if you just have any amount of conscience at all, mm-hmm. you can avoid losing your whole ass. Yeah. It's it's really surprising that you shouldn't sexually make any kind of even advances or if yeah. you're and then you, you shouldn't like hire you people to. who are accused of doing it unless you can prove conclusively that they didn't. Right, exactly. You need to do your you need to do your due diligence. I hate saying do your due, but yeah. <laughs> you need to do that. You need to make sure that you're just like work with decent people. It's not hard or if you're a people be, be decent. decent. Yes. As you said, be excellent to each other, you yeah, fuckers. It, it would really help. It's just, you know what I mean? Like, if you're trying to make your way towards a co-worker and they say, hey, that's cool, but no, then it's game over. And that's it. And you How about that. you just don't make your way towards a co-worker, at least not in a workspace, because that's fucking gross. It's, there's a <laughs> those, lot of questions. Those people marks, are yeah. not in the workplace to be hit on. They're not in the workplace looking for a partner. They're in the workplace to work that's to the several people i know who are in committed relationships with people they met in the workplace you got lucky and or you handled it in a way where it was just just act like adults if it's one thing to say hey would you like to do this or hey i'm really interested and they go that's i appreciate it but no which is okay no problem thanks for thanks for entertaining me (laughs) say yeah say one thing walk away or don't say anything at all and find a way to contact them outside of the workplace Yes. Yeah. Just be. And if you're a sexual predator, get into the sea. It's yeah. Just don't. (laughs) Don't. Just don't. Don't. So Max, I've got a. It's kind of a weird one. Did you see that Warner Brothers is fucking up people's attempts to go see movies in the theaters when they are open? No. So. You may have seen that they pushed uh, Tenet, from, uh, the new Christopher Nolan movie, from July 17th to July 31st. Yes. Okay, so they did that. Uh, and they then pushed the already moved from last week to August 14th Wonder Woman 1984 back to October 2nd. Yikes. Yes. Um, Inception is now being re-released on July 17th, and it comes with a sneak peek of Tenet. Huh. What? Stop. Please yeah. Stop. <laughs> oh, and yes. also, the fourth Matrix movie 
uh, was pushed from 21st May 2021 to April 2nd, 2022. Uh, wow. Yes. Well, I know that uh, I believe both Wachowski siblings are involved in it still. Uh, we're having some trouble in the beginning. Like, I know I know they had some difficulties pre-COVID, and then they were, like, in pre-production when COVID times happened. Sure. So... A whole lot of nonsense going on in going to the movies. And once again, will we even as a nation be allowed to go to the movies? Right. That's the thing where I'm like, hey, Warner, stop fucking around. Like, we're going to re-release Inception and give you a sneak peek of Tenet, hoping that two weeks later you'll come back and see it. Yeah. Like, personally, I think that's a bad move, even if we're not in the COVID times. Because of the average cost of going to see a movie anymore. Right. That is definitely a good point. So, like, look, I get it. A billion fucking people are going to go see Tenet because it's Christopher Nolan's new movie. And, like, people just go see Christopher Nolan movies. It's the thing they do. Mm -hmm. But I have very little interest because even for a Christopher Nolan movie, the trailer is too confusing. (laughs) Like, I feel like I could get knocked unconscious, unconscious, lose my memory of the last decade, and watch the Inception trailer again and understand more of what was going on than in the Tenet trailer. Right. That makes and sense. it just feels like he's getting a little too uh, self-referential and masturbatory for his own good, I guess. And it's... it just feels like they're shifting their entire calendar around the Christopher Nolan blockbuster that we don't even know if it's going to be... Yeah, I mean, I'm. I want to push for it just because it's an original piece of actually a creative content that I want people to go see. I'd love for people to risk it. Don't just make it a. This is based on an X or a Y. I mean, the man made Memento. That was his first big movie. I mean, he's we're in good hands if it's weird shit. It's just it's clearly you know a good the marketing writer. is. We know that. Yeah, his him and his brother are both fantastic, and. I think just the marketing teams have trouble with this. It's just like, how the hell do we market something brand new and something really out there from a very talented filmmaker? Yeah. But Warner isn't helping just, you know, seemingly taking the chessboard of dates and just moving them around. Yeah. And so it's just like, if you're not the kind of person that pays close attention to this, it's just like, wait, what's when? Yeah. Like when, when do I go to the movies to see Wonder Woman? Right. Right. Because like, when am if- I allowed? Yeah, if we weren't doing this podcast, I seriously would have been like, August would come around and been like, oh, hey, Wonder Woman. Because Wonder Woman was so good, I really want to see 1984. Especially because that one poster where she's in the gold outfit with all the fucking like neon behind her is so fucking 80s it made my dick hard. It's there. I mean, I love the 80s and I did enjoy the first Wonder Woman, so it's definitely on my radar of things to go see. But it, yeah, it's interesting and it goes back, ties back to your first story of how do we handle it? What do we do? I mean, if Warner Brothers stood behind like, hey, we want people to stay safe. That's why we're doing this a yeah. little bit harder. would be one thing. But this is just like it feels more like you said, a little money grabby. Like we're trying to get make sure we can get as much money as we can and just really see what happens first. Like we don't want to be the first to act. Mm-hmm. We want to just see what happens and be reactive and then put the movie where we need to and show we're kind of not afraid to move pieces around as needed. Yep. A little grungy, a little grimy. It's not. It's not great. No. No. Um. So, this is not much of a did you see in terms of did you see it, but Dan, I got to play the new Monopoly, which is Ghostbusters Monopoly. So of course I got it. 
Um, and I wanted to talk about some of the changes to this weird game. So I guess it's, did you see that they changed the fucking rules of Monopoly seemingly arbitrarily for these reskins? Ugh. Monopoly's not good to begin with. It's like, playing it properly is actually, like, difficult. It's really daunting, because if you're not familiar with the rule that no one plays with, <laughs> is that if you pass on buying a property, the property immediately gets put onto auction. The auction starts at $10, and it goes up in as small and uncontrolled increments as a dollar. So it's an open bid where you don't have to go in any kind of, like, all right, I'm going to bid $20. The next bid does not have to be $20. It can just be, like, a buck more. It's really uh -huh. stupid. It is. But that's the rule no one plays with. The property's passed on, then it goes to auction. If you're playing Monopoly properly, you shouldn't be passing on properties unless you absolutely have no money. Uh-huh. But, um, yeah, they reskinned, they changed some things for this Ghostbusters one that I thought were really stupid and arbitrary just to make it Ghostbuster-y. Um, they got rid of railroads completely. What? Yeah, they replaced them with Railroads Ecto are an important part. No, fuck that. Railroads are an important part of the economy of Monopoly. I agree. And they completely got rid of those. And they replaced it with the Ecto-1. The Ecto-1, if you land on the on the space, you can pay $50. If you do, you can move to any space that you want to move to uh, before between the two ecto ones so you can move you up to nine more spaces for fifty dollars that so, seems cheap for that ability yeah it's pretty good because it lets you cherry pick properties yep which is kind of gross and um it just felt a little arbitrary like why not just make it like you're trying to build the ecto one because when they bought it in the movie it's kind of poop so you're buying like pieces and parts and the more you the more you have, the more the car becomes iconic, so the more it's worth. It just seems like an easy thing to skin to me. They also did away with utilities, and they cut out community chest completely, basically, and mushed it in with chance. So they've um, literally just taken the legs out of actual Monopoly. They've cut out a lot of the like extra pieces and just kind of made it like, it's all about buying the properties and trying to get the properties. So basically, it's all about the thing that everybody does when they play Monopoly anyway, if they don't really fully know what they're doing. Yeah, it's, yeah, the thing you should be doing if you're winning, buying aggressively, but I think it's trying to funnel people into that. Like, please end this game of Monopoly after about an hour and a half instead of four hours. But Monopoly's but, not a quick game. It's not supposed to not. be a quick game. It's supposed to be, uh, like, Monopoly, played by the rules, is a pretty robust economic simulator when you consider when the game engine was designed. Yeah, totally agree with that. Obviously, by modern, you know, by modern like Eurogame aesthetic and modern Eurogame rules, it's extremely simple. But when you consider the damn game's a hundred years old, approximately at this point, it's very good economic simulation. Yeah, yeah, it it works really well, and I just feel like I mean we have, I mean you can pick an IP, spin a wheel, and there's a monopoly for that IP. Yeah, and it's just. They just don't work most of the time because <laughs> you don't need to take Monopoly and mush it in with this particular piece. But they have, and it exists, so I recommend you just stick with Monopoly. Really, the recommend, I think, uh, that you should take away from this is play a better game. Yeah, play something better than Monopoly. Yeah, play. there's so many better board games. Even Settlers. Go get Settlers. <laughs> Literally thousands. 
Yeah. Which I think will probably bring us to the end of this episode. Folks, if you like what you're hearing, it's www.superelementalfilms.com. We can also be found on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Bye, everybody. Just fucking be excellent to each other, for God's sake.